You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're a 415 you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? The 415ers podcast is back. It is a Tuesday, and that is because we have a lot to react to after a Monday night football win for the San Francisco 49ers. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, as always, to download, subscribe, and rate the podcast, the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game coming at you three times a week. This week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. But Mark, my man, I mean, it's just a matter of where you want to start because right now, 49ers fans have to be on cloud nine after beating the Rams in pretty dominant fashion, 24 to nine. Ridiculous performance for the 49ers last night, and they absolutely needed it. A huge win against a division rival. Instead of being one and three and, and two games from the top of the division, you officially have the division to yourself. You have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks and the Rams, the Cardinals, are also 2-2 two and two who lost to the Rams. Uh, so obviously a huge, huge, huge win. And I guess the answer to all of the 49ers' problems is just, hey, play the Rams. You will figure it out because it <laughs> saved them last year. It has saved them this season so far. They've now won seven straight regular season games against the Rams. If the Niners have issues, they better hope the Rams are coming up on the schedule because they seem to get all things right immediately whenever they play these Rams. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I was thinking like, okay, maybe, uh, all right, defending Super Bowl champs, Rams, Rams are off to a 2-1 start. 49ers, God, we don't know where they're going. The first two <laughs> weeks were an absolute whirlwind. Last week was a forgettable game against Denver. And at the end of last night, I was thinking, man, I'm so glad that they played the Rams in week four and they got another game coming up in the first half of the season rather than playing them in week 10 and then week 17. Like, I was glad to see the Rams on the schedule, especially considering the way that last night's game went. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it last week on our on our preview episode from Friday. We weren't really expecting or we didn't really know what to expect coming into this one. I know you picked the Rams. I picked the Niners, but I was flip flopping at the last second. I, I kind of picked the, the Niners just to to go against your pick of the Rams. But um, I mean. 24 to 9. I mean, they win by 15 points. The, the pick six, obviously, by Talano Hufanga, which we'll certainly talk about, makes it a larger margin of victory. The game was within one score, really, for the majority of this one, but it didn't really feel all that close just because of how dominant the defense was, um, which is interesting, despite the fact that for much of the game, if the Rams could just punch one drive into the end zone, they probably would have taken the lead, and and who knows? They they might have won this game, but the defense just so incredibly dominant. 
you know, Ben don't break. They gave up some long drives, but did not allow the Rams to get into the end zone. Excuse me, the end zone. Just a uh, incredible performance, and uh, certainly, I, I think a game that kind of changes the way that 49er fans look at this season moving forward because this seemed like the recipe that this team has to follow if they want to have success. It's going to be a dominant defense. You're going to do just enough offensively. You're going to frustrate opposing defenses with your, your unique run game, your ability to hit some uh, you know passes, Debo Samuel's explosion. This seems to be the way that the Niners need to win games, and it was really similar to what we saw in the second half of last season when the defense really stepped up. Jimmy Garoppolo, Debo Samuel did just enough offensively. The run game supported as well uh, to keep them afloat on the offensive side. And that is exactly what we saw on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and I know that Kyle Juszczyk, to take a page out of his book, said against Seattle it felt like 49er football. Yeah. Well, it didn't feel like it then maybe. But two weeks later, it absolutely does. This feels like San Francisco 49ers football. And I'm glad you laid out the recipe for success because to me, that's exactly where I'm at. Like, this is the equation that not only the 49ers need if they want to make potentially a deep run like they did last year, but I think it's also the team that a lot of fans expected and in a way were promised when Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back as the backup quarterback and then was forced into action after Trey Lance went down with his broken ankle. This was the type of team and type of playing style that a lot of teams, a lot of fans expected from the 49ers and one that, okay, maybe your defense is, I mean, we're, we, we could potentially have the 2019-2022 49ers defense conversation later in this podcast, but it's an offense that didn't make the big mistake, won the turnover battle, kept the ball on the ground. They didn't even win time of possession, yeah. but they sustained drives long enough and effectively enough to create touchdowns and points, whereas the Rams were settling for field goals on their long sustained drives. And so you also didn't really hurt yourself. You played it safe. I know there was a fourth down and goal decision by Kyle Shanahan to kick a field goal. We could also get into later in the podcast that to me aligns with the identity of this team, which as you laid out so succinctly is defense first, being able to manage the game on offense and doing enough on special teams to make sure that you're also in a position to win at the end, which was, Hey, eight point lead in the fourth quarter. To me, I know that may not, literally be safe as far as a one score game is concerned but if you're in that situation against a defending super bowl champ against a division rival against one of the best teams in the conference to me you can consider yourself one of the best and after this game last night not just because they have the tiebreaker and are technically on top of the nsc west but to me the way that they dominated the rams or at least controlled the rams held them in check tells me that the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFC West. I One thing that you mentioned there was time of possession, which is really, really interesting to me because, as you mentioned, the Rams did win that, 34-and-a-half to about 25-and-a-half. So, you know, they had the ball for four more minutes than, you know, an even 30 minutes. Um, and most of that is because of four drives that they had on the offensive side. You look at some of their drives. They had a 14-play drive in the first quarter, 54 yards, a field goal. A 10-play drive in the second quarter, 54 yards, a field goal. A 16-play drive in the third quarter. That was their only drive of the third quarter, by the way. 75 yards, a field goal. In the fourth quarter, a 13-play drive, 44 yards, and a fumble 
recovered by the 49ers that sealed the game. Four drives of of 10 or more plays, Evan, resulted in nine total points and one turnover. When you do that to an opposing offense, you allow them to get some of those long drives, but you do not give up the big play. You never allow them into the end zone. One, it does a couple of things. It tires out you know, maybe your own defense a little bit, but it also frustrates their offense. They don't get into the end zone. They waste a lot of time while they're trailing on the scoreboard, and it keeps your offense fresh, and it allows you to get chunk plays in the second half of games when you need it, when you need to move the chains, when you need to keep killing the clock. I mean, the fact that this Niner team only ran the ball 22 times, it's it's not a knock on the run game, which had chunks of yardage for most of the night, It's more a testament to the defense and the fact that the Rams just could not do anything on their long drives and they were out there for so long. I mean, normally when you talk about time of possession, it's because, oh man, the Rams, they had 35 minutes with the ball. They ran the ball well. They were moving the chains. The Niners defense couldn't get off the field. And there were some moments of that on those long drives, but it never felt like the Niners defense was in danger of breaking and they never did. And as a result, the Rams won the time of possession, but it was never an issue for the 49ers because they were okay with the Rams kind of twiddling with the ball in the midfield area without getting a touchdown. I mean, it was kind of a strange you know, formula to get to a nine points defensively allowed by the 49ers, but it was just a picture-perfect result because the Rams, suddenly you look up after one drive in the second half and you're already in the fourth quarter down by eight points. And I'm not sure anyone in that stadium believed that the Rams were ever going to get a touchdown on, on Monday night. Well, and that's why for me, the first possession between both sides, in a way now looking back, was sort of a microcosm for how this game played out because the Rams start with the ball and they're pretty much marching. I mean, they yeah. go right down the field, 14 plays, eight eight minutes and 15 seconds, and then they run into that wall, that bend but don't break near historic San Francisco 49ers defense that it's been through the first four weeks that came into the game, and Kyle Madsen put this stat up earlier in the week, uh, our co-worker here at 95.7 The Game, the fact that the 49ers defense was allowing 3.9 yards per play through the first three weeks. That average went down last night. (laughs) That's just ridiculous. It's unbelievable. So you have a first drive where the Rams march down the field, 14 plays. And at the end of it, they're looking up at the scoreboard and saying, wow, we really moved the ball well. We were efficient. We passed the ball seven times. We ran the ball seven times, got the ball to Cooper Cup three times. Our offense is working. And we got three points. Flip. 49ers get the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo hits IU, got a 15-yard pass first play. They moved the ball down the field with the pass couple of you know tight rushes. I think one went for negative one yards, one went for one yard, and then boom, Jeff Wilson Jr. absolutely breaks out for 32, gets himself into the end zone in an explosive 20-plus yard play, something that the Los Angeles Rams did not do the entire game, something that had not happened since 2007 as far as them not getting a chunk play of 20-plus yards on offense. Jeff Wilson Jr. does it on the first drive for the 49ers, and they go up 7-3. And even though the Rams' offense had been humming on the first possession, and the 49ers, I mean, seven plays, ho-hum, right down the field, into the end zone, you're up 7-3, and you're looking at the scoreboard like, wow, this might be a different game today. Yeah. I mean, the, the defense was incredible. And, you know, thinking about what this game means, obviously, for the season ahead, obviously means good things. But I was I was thinking 
you know, even further than that. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of came to this result. So 49er fans, I have good news and I have bad news for you. Uh-oh. Okay. First of all, the good news is you have probably the best defense in the NFL and it might not be particularly close. You talked about yards per play. Uh, they're first in points allowed 11 and a half points per game. The bills are second three points more than that. 14 and a half points allowed per game. You're tied for first in total defense. That's total yards per game, 161.2, tied with the Bills there. You're second in passing defense. Oh, pardon me, total defense is 234 and a half. You're second in passing defense, 161.2, tied, uh, or the Bills are first with 150.8 passing yards allowed per game. You're second in rushing defense, 73.2. Kansas City is first, the Bills are third. That's the good news. Your defense is as good as any in the NFL, probably the best. The bad news, though, Evan, do not get too attached to D'Amico Ryans because there is no way in hell he is on this coaching staff a season from now. He is getting multiple head coaching offers this offseason. I can promise you that. With how good this 49ers defense is through four weeks, and they're only going to get better when you get Eric Armstead fully healthy again. Javon Kinlaw comes back. Jimmy Ward comes back. One of the better safeties in this league. This defense is going to get better as the season moves along. Assuming superstars like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner stay healthy, they are going to get better. And I can promise you, 49er fans, unfortunately, D'Amico Ryan's time in the red and gold is limited because his ceiling is much higher than defensive coordinator. He will be a head coach somewhere else in 2023. I can promise you that. I want to pump the brakes a little bit on that, and not just because it's week four, but also because there's someone named Eric Bieniemy who coaches for the Kansas City Chiefs and has been the offensive coordinator for one of the best offenses of football the last five-plus years and has not gotten a whiff at a head coaching job. So as much as I would love to see D'Amico Ryans, who in my opinion was was kind of the star of last night, his defense was unbelievable. And and I, I maybe, maybe that's where we go next. I mean, we focus in on the defense because D'Amico Ryans, he kind of, and, and look, the sign of a good defense, the sign of a good offense is versatility and being able to do multiple things. I don't know if statistically they can get any better for the reasons that you just laid out, but they certainly will get healthier. And Eric Armstead is certainly someone I'm keeping an eye on. To me, that was really the only, I guess, downside of last game is the fact that he had to leave with a foot injury and had the plantar fasciitis that was flaring up earlier in the season. Could be related to that. Could be not. You're going to get, obviously, Jimmy Ward back. You know, there's some guys up front that can get healthier. Jason Verrett, I know, was rumored after the game to be potentially, you know, on his way back to being healthy. That's another addition to the secondary to potentially one of the better corner groups that the 49ers have had in recent memory. But D'Amico Ryans deserves a game ball as much as Hufanga, as much as, you know, Drake Greenlaw, who had 15 freaking tackles, twelve of them solos. Fred Warner, who should have had a pick six at the end. Deshaun Gibson, who could have had two picks in that game. I mean, there was a lot of love to go around defensively. And I do think you're right in that. Look, D'Amico Ryans will be a head coach someday. I'm hoping it won't be next season. Uh, But if it is, I certainly wouldn't be shocked. The only reason I push back is just because there's a lot of candidates. And even though Kyle Shanahan has been, you know, pretty much given them out, as far as coordinators to head coaching positions, Mike McDaniel being the latest of them. Uh, I, I just don't want to believe yet that, that D'Amico Ryans could go so quickly, but he absolutely deserves it because of the way that he is, his defense uh, is playing. 
Yeah, I mean, I as a 49er fan, you know, you shouldn't want that to happen, but I, I think it's just the nature of the NFL. You take, you know, the best unit, offensive or defensive unit, and I think Eric Bieniemy is is the exception. It it makes no sense to me why he he doesn't have a head coaching role somewhere else, and maybe he's been offered multiple, and he wanted to to stay with the Chiefs. I mean, I I couldn't really blame him for not wanting to leave uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, but generally speaking, you take the best coordinator, offensive or defensive, leading the best unit, offensive or defense from the previous season, and you can guarantee that person's going to be a head coach somewhere else. So I think it's very likely, not saying I want it to happen, but uh, I think it I think it will. And uh, But the 49ers, I mean, they dealt with this two years ago when Robert Sala was hired by the Jets, and they've you know promoted from within to D'Amico Ryans, and who knows? There's Niner fans now saying that Tamiko Ryans is a better coordinator than Robert Sala. So who knows what the Niners uh, would have coming up next if that were to happen. But I agree. I'm probably getting a bit ahead of myself.